Hello there, everybody. Hello. Hello. Not not everybody all at once. <laughs> I see Justin well, here. Everyone's muted right now, so yeah. they need to unmute. Hello. They want to say yeah. hello. Yeah. Uh, so we can go ahead and uh, while we have a couple of minutes prior to getting started, if everybody wants to run through uh, introductions, and uh, Janessa will unmute you. I think they can unmute themselves. Yeah. So prior to, to we'll do formal introductions for ourselves, but uh, I see Ani there. Ani, do you want to just introduce yourself? Hey guys, I'm sorry about the background noise. Uh, I think we're all getting used to working from home and having our kids run around. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hi, my name is Ani. I own First Metal and Supply Shop down in Renton. We fabricate sheet metal for siding and roofing companies. We also sell supplies. And in this time, we've changed our gears. We're an essential business, so we're able to stay open. And to keep paying our employees, we're actually um, making hand sanitizer from alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, partnered with a pharmacist, and we're following FDA yeah. Uh, specs. Yeah. So our aim is just to keep our doors open and to help other people yeah. who have to stay open um, and to keep everyone employed. Got nice it. to meet everybody. So, so we have a Scott J. We're just briefly running through short introductions, so just keep it to 10, 15 seconds. Yes, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, Scott Jones with Raffin. I'm general superintendent over here. I've got a co-worker joining us soon, Todd Moran, and he is uh, chair of our um, safety committee, and I'm safety director, so thanks for the invite. You're welcome. How about uh, Justin Richardson? Can you guys hear me all right? Yeah, go right ahead. Yeah. Uh, operations manager at Electricity. Electro uh, contractors, so part of our business falls under the essential business, but mm-hmm. much of it does not. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Different animal. Yeah. Uh, who else we got? How about Jason Lang? Jason Lang up here. How you doing? Good. So Jason Lang, just a five-second intro. Oh, okay. Um, I am the chief operations officer from AM Exteriors. We are a siding contractor, also a general contractor that does exterior renovation and repair. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, Travis, words. We'll be hearing more from you in a second. Good afternoon, all. Travis Hall with Mechanical and Control Services. Um, also with ABC as former uh, board chair and current uh, PDC vice chair. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, is it Yee Hee? Uh, it's you. Hey guys, you? how's it going? Um, it. My name's Yu Hee from Milwaukee Electric Tool. Got it. Great. Uh, and then who else we got? Did we do Chris Kelly? Yeah, Chris Kelly here, CLK Construction. Oh, CLK. Got it. We got a question from you. Great. Uh, Darren, long time no see. Yeah, good to see you again. Uh, Darren with RHDM Spices out of Tumwater. Uh, Justin Corgett. Uh, Justin Corgett, operations manager, Pennington Painting Company. Got it. Uh, Scott Garcia. Scott Garcia with Parker Smith and Pete. Got it. Uh, where? Scott J. Scott J. I think we already heard from. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Carrie. How about Carrie nope, nope. Portis? 
Hi, sorry, I had to unmute myself. Um, hi, I'm Harry Cordes with Crystal Soda Blast. I own the company where you do abrasive blasting and industrial cleaning. And all our jobs got shut down today. Yay. Yeah. How about Karen Forner? Hi, Karen Forner. I'm with Employer Solutions Law. We're working 16-hour days because we deal with safety, HR, and employment decisions. Got it. Uh, Donna Petzold? Yep. Yep. Donna? Okay. We'll come back to you, Donna. How about uh, Eric Brock? Yep, I'm uh, Eric Brock with HST Construction. Uh, we have Donna now? Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, yes, go for it. So just a short introduction. I'm Donna. We have a lot of projects that are deemed essential, but we've made the choice to purposely own what we can for our employees. So who are we? Who are you with, Donna? Innovative Electric. Got it. For electrical contractors, we have a lot of wastewater treatment right now, fuel stations, projects that they think they're essential, but we don't. Right. right. Got yeah. it. Uh, and then we had uh, Mother of Dragons. Is that Daenerys? <laughs> <laughs> That's me. That's Michelle, ABC staff. I'm just listening in. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know. <laughs> but yes, uh, just clarifying. There we go. Uh, Todd Moran. Todd? Trying to unmute. Sorry. Uh, I'm with Raffin. I'm uh, safety committee chair. Okay, got it. Uh, Jim Schmidt. How about Jim? Good to see you, Jim. Yep, I'm here. Jim Schmidt, Pennington Painting Company. I'm an estimator. Um, still, still busy, <laughs> nonstop. Right. And then I've got a telephone number three six zero nine seven two six five two four six five two four. Who's that? That's Austin Darren uh, with RHD. That's okay. my audio. Got it. Got it. Uh, did I miss anybody? Looks like we still have some waiting list yeah. participants. A couple of people in the waiting room, Janessa. <laughs> okay, go. Here Holy we go. Cow. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're we're. Uh, we probably just move. Yeah, go ahead and forward skip here. forward here. So, uh, Wendy, do you want to go ahead and say a couple of words and get us started? Definitely. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for attending our first uh, weekly business forum. For those who don't know, my name is Wendy Novak. I'm president of ABC, and it's great to see such a nice turnout for this meeting. Uh, Jason and Mary are going to facilitate our discussion today. And uh, once again, thanks for joining us. Great. Uh, so... Without further ado, we're uh, Jason and Mary Sturgeon. We know a lot of you, although there are a handful mm -hmm. of folks that we don't. Uh, we run Arcade Wayfinding. Essentially, uh, the, the tagline is we help construction businesses grow up. Uh, but we're working in a lot of different forums right now in a lot of different capacities to help people through these challenging times. Uh, so this is a situation like we've never seen before. Uh, and I would suggest that we, we want to be careful not to try to apply lessons from the past in this situation. This is different. So uh, actually, Travis put us up to this uh, to, to try to gather folks together. 
and have a good conversation about where everybody's at and provide some resources, uh, some, uh, what, what was it, uh, how did he put it? Uh, therapy, uh, because everybody needs someone to talk to in, in this type of situation. And we're all dealing with issues that, that look a lot like each other. Absolutely. So how many people, uh, I guess show of hands would be a little <laughs> bit tough. Uh, I don't know if this is going to push you or challenge you guys, uh, but with Zoom, we're going to be functioning a little bit differently in order to keep the noise and chaos down. We have everybody muted, but I want to see if everybody can use the yes, no functionality. Uh, so essentially if you, so if you look at your little panel that controls your zoom meeting and you should be able to see all the participants, there's a little participants button that'll show you everyone who's in this meeting. And at the bottom of that, you can see a little green check mark that says yes, and a little red X that says no. So uh, Janessa, do you think we would be able to share your screen and show all of those yes check marks? Uh, she'd need to do Not a screenshot. They can just- they Can you ask that again? I'm sorry, I lost the question. The question is, what I'm asking you to do is click the green check mark. So there's a little green check mark that says yes. On a, on a side panel. I've got 23 yeses so far, which shows- I, I promise you're not agreeing to anything no. you don't want to agree to. <laughs> no. Hey, so, Jason and Mary, I can share my screen if you like. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. How easy was that? <laughs> Um, oh, what's going on now? It just yeah. exited me out. See, so the <clears> challenge <throat> here is that it's not going to yeah. show us any okay. Zoom windows. We'll skip that. Don't so worry. we're okay. Um, but they should. I think they can see. Mm -hmm. Can you guys see the green check marks next to everyone's name, or can only hosts see that? Yes, able to see yep. it. Perfect. Yeah, we see it. Perfect. So something that you guys will find is that we're actually a little bit new at Zoom too. We're uh, spend a lot of time with a lot of different technology, but Zoom is new to us, so we're going to all be learning together. And another piece of functionality that's really helpful is the chat function. So while everybody's muted, in the case that that you wanted to say something or ask a question or flag that you want to wait, there's a chat option in the participant window, and you can select message to who you want to send it to, or you can select to everyone in meeting. So if we could just have everybody drop a, a chat note in there, that would be helpful. Hello. So uh, Andy has a good point. If everybody can now uncheck your yes, so that the yeses all go away, the green check marks all go away. Oh, there they all go. That's great. That way, if we need to ask you a question later, you won't just be stuck in yes mode. Oh, I see a no. We have a smart no. aleck in the group. <laughs> so uh, with everything ABC, we try to help provide acute help with the thing that we're doing, but we're also trying to give you resources to take with you back to the workplace and back to the team. And so this is another example of that where we're trying to get everybody comfortable uh, with using the new technology so that, that uh, you can use this tool with your teams we need to get back into the wild. Yeah, all of us could probably use some practice with video conferencing right now. Right. 
Okay, so uh, we want to start with a brief state of affairs just in terms of where we're at and what we know. Uh, and so I think that there's been a lot of information over the last week. Mm-hmm. It seems like every day has, has been about... Pretty wide open. Let me pull my calendar real quick. Is that Lewis? So you can go ahead and mute all, Jason. Yeah. Just click mute all. And then uh, everyone who's listening, if you actually want to speak to the room, make sure and unmute yourself before you speak. Okay. Uh, So we're just going to talk about brief state of affairs. We've been... Hang on one second. Yeah. So we're going to mute all. Yes. And then I think we're still unmuted. Yeah, Yeah, we're good. Uh, So it seems like every hour is at least a day, if not two days long. Uh, and just trying to keep up with the flow of information has been dizzying. So uh, we want to just talk through a little bit about what we've seen and then have the ability to to correct if anybody is aware of something that the rest of us aren't uh, in terms of news. Um, So simply put, uh, we're in kind of a a global pandemic situation. Uh, We, on Monday p.m., we had a new piece of information that came from the governor Uh, And Andy, do you want to speak a little bit about the state of affairs as it relates to formal notification? I'd be happy to. Thank you. Um, So a couple things just to let people know. It's been a a very busy week. So Andy, uh, Andy, you are, what's your title? Oh, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Uh, My name is Andy Kaplowitz, and you're not. And I am the vice president of uh, Associated Builders and Contractors of Western Washington for Government Affairs. So um, my job is to try to stay on top of this, uh, the flurry of activity at the local, state, and federal level, um, all, the, all, all this stuff. So uh, on Monday, uh, Governor Inslee issued the Stay Home, Stay Safe proclamation. The order uh, left as many questions, if not more questions, than it answered initially. Uh, if you go to the ABC of Western Washington website and click on the COVID uh, you know, um, services section that uh, that Michelle's built for us, mm-hmm. you'll find the latest proclamation in there as well as the original. What came through yesterday was a decree that was clarifying because there were a lot of questions about what is considered essential in terms of business services, construction. Uh, the industry was pushing hard to, to get clarification on what is and what is not included. The governor came out yesterday afternoon with a declaration that by and large, when in doubt, construction is not included in essential services. There are three fundamental carve-outs. The first is if you are providing work or or providing supportive work towards the categories that were identified as essential services within the appendix or the addendum to the initial decree. All of that is available in the latest update that we gave last night that's on the website. And there was an email that went out by constant contact to all members as well. So if you have any questions as to whether you're in an essential services function or supporting that function, you can go through that list. If you are not clear and you can, there is a, a link at the very back, which is page 14. And I also put it on the government affairs blog on the ABC mm-hmm. website today. Uh, with the hyperlink, and it's pre-populated there to help you with exactly what you're looking for mm-hmm. uh, when you click on that for an email. You can you can ask the, the, the state to help to clarify whether or not the work you are doing on a specific project is essential or is not. Uh, there have been questions that have come to us. One of the most common questions I've heard is, 
I'm not sure whether the work is, is, is essential or I'm being told by a general contractor or even general contractors are being told by owners uh, that they consider the work essential. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not here to dispense legal advice, but what I would tell you is we do have lawyers who are members of ABC. If you don't have legal counsel, we have listed as the re on the resource page the members of our legal action committee. Karen is on the call today. She's our employment law specialist who's on the legal action committee. But if you have construction law or other types of questions, you can refer to those lawyers and they'll be happy to at least give you an initial run through on what you need to do. But get legal advice on whether or not it's covered. If, and the response typically would be on advice of counsel. I'd like you to provide me proof that this is in fact an essential project. Um, they need to be able to have that confirmation. Mm -hmm. um, that's the main concern at the state right now. The governor made it abundantly clear by keeping construction out of the essential services is that they want people at home staying safe. The fastest thing we can do to help the economy recover is to slow down the curve so that we can return to a more normal economy. So that's, that's what I, I would urge everybody is when in doubt, mm -hmm. err on that side. And there are services available through various sites. And I can help with that as the yeah. questions come up to, to help you get clarification. Thank yep. you. Thank you, Andy. Uh, so I, I think it, I always try to boil things down into their simplest form. And if you think about what the purpose of the order is, is to keep people safe and basically shut everything down except for the, only the critical systems. Uh, so if your work supports police, fire, uh, first responders, then absolutely your work would be essential. If your work supports key infrastructure like trash and plumbing and power and heat, uh, that would be essential because we, we want to provide service that prevents us from getting into a less safe condition, right? So if you're asking yourself or if you're being told by a general contractor or an owner, this work is essential, you should be asking, does this work make the customer more safe or less safe or neither? And if it's less safe or neither, uh, then, I mean, less safe is kind of a weird thing to say, <laughs> um, but only if it's more safe would, would that work even be considered to, to be close to that essential list. I think it's kind of uh, uh, fortuitous that we have Jason uh, Wandler as the, the chair of ABC chair for this year. Uh, that's kind of an uh, interesting turn of events. But um, I, I think that uh, a lot of people are dealing with different challenges and one piece that I would give here is that this challenge is different than anything else that we've seen before to date. Uh, I think that a lot of people are having flashbacks to 2008, where in 2008, the instant reaction was, let's just burn it all down, or uh, we have to cut as much fat as we possibly can. Uh, I know that there were several businesses that just started firing uh, quickly. and the challenge or the situation is that this is different. This is a different animal than we've ever seen before. We've never encountered something quite like this. And, and the uh, approach that I would suggest is more along the lines of caution and pause. Um, I, if anybody's bought any material from Italy before, what you know is that you can't buy anything in July because they take the entire month of July off. Right. I mean, by show of hands on people in video, how many people have ever procured something from Italy? Uh, nobody. There we go. We got a couple <laughs> of people. Yeah. Uh, so if we instead thought of this, this, 
problem as let's just take a break. Let's just take two weeks and just breathe, just hold our breath. Realize that, that if we go and fire 50% of our workforce and the economy returns, we're going to be in a much different situation where now we need to pull all those people back together. And I want everybody to think about the idea that if, if you're a part of a team and 50% of you are quickly let go and fired without regard in this situation, the, the remainder of the team is going to be wounded. They're going to be nervous. They're going to be afraid. Whereas if they came to you and said, hey, I can't afford to pay you for two weeks or uh, let's just everybody take a vacation. Let's pause for a second. Let's breathe. Uh, let's look at this company like a community. Uh, let's, I, as the owner of the business, I'm going to go to Costco and I'm going to buy a couple of pallets of food and I'm going to bring it in. And guys, you take what you need because we're trying to make sure that everybody gets through this thing. Take what you need one person at a time. One person at a time. Six feet of distancing. Social distancing, all of that good stuff. But I think that we need to look at this as, as a, I, I, using the word opportunity is really a, a difficult thing to say. Uh, however, this is where these types of challenges are, are what reveal what kind of leader you are in, in business and in life. And if you're the type of leader who looks at this problem and looks at it as in the sense that it requires, uh, we're all in this together approach truly, then I think that uh, <laughs> then it will uh, pull us together and we'll get through it together. So if instead of looking at it like I have to pay full salary every single week, I understand there's the HR challenge and there are legal challenges around it. But if I pulled my whole team together and I said, look, this is the money that, that we can afford. This is what we have access to. Uh, everybody has different family situations. Some people own their home and don't make a payment. Some people own their cars and don't make a payment. Everybody has a different financial situation and different financial needs. And if we approach this with that in mind, then we're going to make what we currently have go a heck of a lot farther. And when we get to the other side of this, and there will be an end of this, everyone's going to regard us differently based on the steps that we took. So I, I feel like that's something that, that we should really keep in mind. Uh, going forward. So Travis, uh, you're, you're a business owner. You were a former chair for ABC. Uh, you started your own business, what, 16 years ago. Uh, and I think that, that as a business owner, you have a lot of, of information to contribute or, or I really respect your opinion. Uh, do you have any, any uh, words that you would add or, or questions that you would put to the group at this point? Uh, thanks, Jason. I don't know how words of, I mean, how much wisdom there is in these words, but uh, I think that when we're, we're in our normal frame of mind and, and under normal conditions, I think most of us can admit that, you know, what makes a difference is our team and our people, and that even extends to our family and community. And so in crisis like this, I think, Jason, your suggestion of pausing and, and you know, taking a breath, really thinking about what's going on and think about people first because right now everybody's dealing with this. And so I think that how we handle this situation, maybe as leaders or as peers or um, support, you know, matters because um, this is affecting everyone and uh, on all kinds of different levels. So I think uh, entering this thing with care and passion, because we're going to need the same community, the same family, the same team around us when we come out of it, 
and everything is going gangbusters and everybody's got this pent up, you know, energy, demands, expectations, you know, that's where we can be in a real big problem if we don't have, you know, a collective synergy thing going with our groups and teams and community. And mm -hmm. so I just think that look at the big picture, look past just this crisis and what you want this to look like when we come out of it. So that may um, curve us a little bit on how we handle situations with our, with our people closest to us. Great. Uh, well, so before we move on to the part, the sort of peer forum part where we're getting everybody's thoughts and everybody's opinions and talking to everyone, uh, something that we thought might be useful for the group is just every time we do this to kind of run through what are the big important pieces of information that you guys need to be aware of mm -hmm. because there's so much information overload right now. There's so much to read. So uh, these are kind of bullet points and we're not really going to spend a lot of time and energy on what they are or what they mean, but just kind of run through and make sure that you're aware of everything you should be aware of. You can always run down the details later. So we talked about the fact that there was order 2025, on March 23rd on Monday, which is the Stay Home, Stay Healthy order. And there is a list of essential activities that you can find and dig into. Uh, you can get to that on ABC's website as well as on our COVID resources page on our site. There's also on the 25th, a letter that's been released that is a construction guidance memorandum. And that has more details that basically talk about what Andy and what Jason were just talking about, about the, the fact that most construction is not essential right now. There is on the 18th, last week, 20 years ago, the how many, how many people remember last week? <laughs> Holy cow. The Families First Coronavirus Act, which was a federal law, and uh, there are lots of details to this and lots of ins and outs, but ultimately what it says is that people who need to self-quarantine, people who need to take care of someone who's self-quarantining, or people who have children who are at home and may need to be able to take care of them, uh, get access to a certain amount of paid sick leave, and that it's required that this is sort of a special extra paid sick leave that is not their regular vacation or sick time. Uh, and, and so in that, in that act, there's a poster that goes along with it, mm -hmm. and employers are required to post that poster and deliver that poster to people who are working remotely. Uh, and it also covers people who, uh, if you have kids who are just out of school and there's no one to take care of them, and I think that it's two weeks that that, that coverage is required. It's, is that right? There are some differing pieces to it. If you mm -hmm. look at the poster, if you read mm -hmm. the poster, it kind of goes into mm -hmm. what. So that I know that family leave part of it too. I know that poster is available on ABC's website. Uh, I think do we have a link to it on our website? We do. It's on our website yeah. too. So as an employer, though it's critically important that you're aware of that. Uh, and it's important, I think the counterpoint to it is that the, the federal government is saying you can have tax credits to offset mm -hmm. that impact. And so obviously every business is going to have different levels of impact. And, and it could be that you just can't, you can't make that happen. You can't pay them because as a business, you're living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, so, you have to do the best that you can, but in the, in the big picture, it's more important that you know what is being required of you at this mm -hmm. point in time. You know I that have it to add something to that though. It yes. won't go into effect until April 2nd. So for people who have already taken leave or who have self-quarantined, mm -hmm. they are not part of this two weeks. Mm -hmm. Moreover, you have to pay the sick time out first 
before the two weeks kick in. So you can't just say, oh, well, you have two weeks of sick time. That equals these two weeks. No, it's separate. And finally, if you are a business smaller than 25 in the state of Washington, you can qualify for an exemption. Mm -hmm. The steps to qualify are not clear. Just because I am in this boat, with one employee. So yeah. I just wanted to share that out with everybody. So Karen, do you have insight on this topic? Um, yes, the US Department of Labor moved up the effective date um, on the 24th, so two days ago, till April 1st. So the posting has to be on or before April 1st and the benefits kick in for anyone who is an employee status as of April 1st. Um, there really is a dollar for dollar credit against anything paid out on the emergency FMLA as well as the federal additional paid sick leave. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you were going to pay payroll tax, your Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare, you just withhold those payments against what you were paying people out. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, you get credit for any health care costs while the person is out. We don't have regulations on that, but I would. Talk to your tax advisor, but if they're gone 15 days and half of a month's health care for your person is $300, I think you could withhold that against any payroll taxes as well. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the purpose is the government doesn't want everybody dumped in unemployment, which is massively overwhelmed and can't even process, losing all their health care, losing continuity with employers. Mm-hmm. They're throwing a ton of money at employers for them to somehow keep workers associated with their business mm-hmm. if they possibly can. Right. And there is caps on the payment mm-hmm. um, for the paid sick leave. Uh, if they're staying home because of school closure or you know some other reasons, it's a lower capped amount at $200 per day for $2,000 total. Uh, if they're staying because they've been self-quarantined or ordered to be quarantined, or they have active symptoms, then mm-hmm. it's a higher amount. But yeah. I don't want to get too technical, but long story short, you get your relief immediately from paying payroll taxes. So if you do that once a month, you don't have to pay it in that month. And yeah. healthcare is also reimbursable for that person. And I expect that there's going to be some additional uh, relief for employers who keep people on mm-hmm. as employees in the and what the Senate and the House are negotiating and probably will get signed into law today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So we had a question from Donna, Donna so, Petzold. So Karen, she's wondering uh, if she's already started the 14 paid days this week, uh, how does that impact the ability to ask for that tax break? Nothing paid out up until April 1st counts. Okay. That's going to use up your PTO, your Washington paid sick leave, any other leave that they might have on the books, mm-hmm. um, but you don't get any credit for that. What you get credit for is if someone is an employee as of April 1st, mm-hmm. they're given that fronted money and yep. they use it from there and that you can't make them use their own PTO on the books mm-hmm. before they use the federal sick leave. They're entitled to use that paid federal sick leave starting April 1st. Now there is caps on what they are. So someone, may opt not to use it right away because they get paid more under PTO Mm -hmm. than the caps on that. Whether you can make someone use that, I doubt it, but I don't know yet. 
Uh, I've never had to learn so much law so fast in my entire life. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> this is pushing us all. So it, it does seem like we are getting into HR territory uh, and we want to try to cover as many topics as we can. Uh, so Wendy, if we, if we needed HR advice specific to this waiting period, and I, I could definitely see where we'd want to have this addressed uh, in, in deeper detail at the next session, uh, who would be that resource? Well, I think Karen for legal, and then mm -hmm. we have a couple of members that focus on HR. We've got BBSI, um, as well as a couple others, so we could reach out to them and have them join us on a future Mm -hmm. a future forum. I think yeah. there, there could be some value there. Um, so by... So I this? wanted to just address. Mm -hmm. So then the other uh, concern that we have been hearing a lot, and I know that ABC has been hearing a lot, is this discussion about whether or not we need some kind of a pass mm -hmm. uh, or a, a documentation for, for the essential employees who are doing essential activities. Do they need something to verify that they're allowed to go to work? And the answer from the order is no. In order 2025, it says no business pass or credentialing program applies to any activities or operations under this proclamation. So right now we don't need any kind of special pass or order or anything like that in order to go to work if we're essential. So it doesn't mean that won't change uh, in, in the future. And I've heard something about enforcement. Um, I think that the enforcement piece is something along the lines of they're trying to take the engagement focus, and education you know, focus on engagement and education uh, where they're trying to talk to people and redirect people if they see them working or what have you to to pull them off of those projects and obviously they would have the ability to escalate if needed their goal is not to just throw everybody into jail over this the goal is just to get everybody to understand where we all are and where we all need to be so by show of hands one of the topics that I wanted to address, at least on the surface today, has to do with active job sites or specific active construction projects. By a show of yes or no, how many people are interested in talking about that topic? Which topic? The working on active essential job sites. Ah. As it relates to safety, as it relates to requirements, those sorts of things. Okay. 13. That's... I'll take that. We got two no's. Uh, so I, again, we're not going to do a deep dive here, but we just wanted to touch on this topic because it's something that a lot of folks are struggling with. Uh, so if you are working on an active job site that is classed as essential, or if you're doing work that is essential. And keeping in mind that this is a project by project basis mm -hmm. as well. That was a request from mm -hmm. Andy that we clarify that this is not just a whole business is or is not essential. Every project has to pass that, that question of whether it's essential. And on those projects that are essential, only employees who are considered essential to that project should be on that project, not just anybody and everybody. So the, the, uh, analogy that I give here is if you're working on a construction project and a 10-foot hole just opens up in the middle of the project, this gigantic uh, sinkhole just opens up and the general contractor or owner says, no, just keep working, right? Just keep doing it. Do, we're, we're aware of it. We're all aware of that hole that's in the middle of the floor. It would be crazy if we just continued to perform that work just like it was uh, the same as the day before. However, 
that's not what we should do. In the case that we did discover that giant sinkhole that is the coronavirus, uh, what we need to do is we need to stop. We need to assess what that hazard is as if it was just any other kind of hazard. We need to build a, a protocol, build a safety response to it inside of our company specific to that project to mitigate that risk. We need to um, make sure that our people are trained so that, that they have the ability to safely work in that environment. And then we need to implement that new safety policy. So now when we go back out into the world, we need to make sure that that, that safety policy is followed, enforced. We watch it closely, especially at the beginning as we're all learning. And what that does is that, that recognizes that there is a safety hazard, um, but we are taking conscious steps to reduce the risk. If you're on a project where the general contractor or owner are not respecting that approach, then you have the 100% ability to stop what it is you're doing until that safety hazard is addressed. And it's important that when we put together these safety plans, that they are specific to these projects. So uh, we were talking with someone recently who was being pushed, uh, was a subcontractor who was being pushed to perform on a site that he didn't feel like his people were safe on the site. And he said that when he asked for the specific safety plan, they basically just printed out the CDC's recommendations and sent it to him and said, we're going to do all this stuff. And he said, right, but there are specifically small areas on the job site. How are we supposed to be safe there? How are we supposed to keep six foot distance? How are we supposed to deal with all these little bits and pieces that are specific to this project? So we need to make sure we're addressing really the actual project and not just saying, yeah, yeah, hand sanitizer, we'll do it. So the way that we're used to dealing with safety. Yeah. One second, Karen. Uh, <laughs> the way that we're used to dealing with safety is that the hazard is kind of acute. The hazard is localized around ourselves. Whereas this is a little bit different. Uh, it's almost like people are walking around the job sites with open saw blades and they're just running. And if they're not behaving or, or acting in accordance with the safety requirements, it puts everybody at risk. And this is kind of a, a bigger picture in, in that regard. So Karen, did you have a, a comment on this? Yeah, anyone who's doing essential work, the Department of Labor and Industries issued a specific fact sheet on COVID-19 safety protocol on construction sites yesterday. Uh, if you're on my email list, I included that on my newsletter that went out today. If you anybody needs safety, updated safety protocol, I don't charge at all for sharing that. That's my contribution to flatten the curve. So anyone can reach out to me for updated CDC, Departments of Health, and LNI safety protocol. Got it. Uh, and Andy, what did you have to say? Thanks. For those of you who are, in fact, uh, continuing with some operations that are considered essential or supportive of essential, it's, it's really important for you to understand that compliance is expected to be 100%. Your site can be shut down. Mm -hmm. uh, just because Labor and Industries has their staff right now through April 6th working remotely doesn't mean that there aren't other ways for this to be checked. Honestly, Department of Health is out in the field. Mm -hmm. uh, building permits and inspection people are out in the field. There was a, 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 building, a Seattle, city of Seattle building inspection car right across the street from me 
earlier today when I was taking the dog for a walk. The point to make also is uh, that there are folks uh, from the construction industry who will be watching and mm -hmm. taking photos. And, and so what people need to understand is if you are, be sure you are 100% compliant mm -hmm. because there is a zero tolerance. Your sites could be shut down. There could be financial consequences. And know your contract mm -hmm. is one of the key things we, we gave as guidance. Understand your contract in terms yeah. of what's expected for failure to adhere the safety guidelines in mm -hmm. your conversations with generals, in your conversations with subs, in your conversations yeah. with the owners, and with your team. So one of the, the uh, comments that I made to Mary, I think it was yesterday, is that for better or worse, there are a lot of people out there with a lot of time on their hands. Yep. Nothing right? better to do than, than report people for doing things they think they shouldn't be doing. And there's a good chance that those people are, are bored and frustrated and irritated at their spouse uh, and just looking for somebody to take it out on. So uh, don't, don't ask to be that person. Yep. Um, so there was a question, uh, Karen, whether or not we would be able to have that, that fact sheet shared with the group or, or loaded onto a website or uh, how, how do we go about that? I pushed out the most uh, recent um, direct, I, I copied Wendy and Andy on the email format that really has the most extensive links. I'm Wendy, Andy, forward that on to whatever membership is interested. Okay, sounds good. Uh, and it's so, probably already on our website because we've been keeping that. Um, I'll no, double Andy, check. Andy, there's, there's, no, the website does not include some of the CDC Puget Sound focused um, okay. resources. Okay. Yeah, like the health screening is what's missing. Everyone should screen okay. workers every single morning for fever, coughing. Right. It's not happening. Right. Yeah. Okay, we'll make sure that's up. Got it. So uh, we want to. And we'll be talking about some of these topics in greater detail as, as the weeks go on. Um, but we want to open up the, the floor to see who has a specific question or a specific challenge that we're working with. I know that we had a handful of questions that came in uh, prior to the formal start here. Um, so Jim, I wanted to go to, to you and your question, and I, I wanted to get some clarification on it. So Jim Schmidt, um, if you could uh, recount what that question is. You say, I want to get a good idea of what the burden will be on general conditions moving forward and how best to capture that during the bidding process. Uh, so yeah. Jim, what, yeah. what, do you, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm, I'm, since I'm still bidding work nonstop, I'm just trying to, I mean, I guess the main thing would be really just uh, downtime, just wasted time either going on to a site, spending, you know, whatever, 15, 20 minutes to get through a gate or some kind of a check where they check your temperature or whatever. It's just, I'm just trying to think ahead because I know it's going to be something that we're all going to be having to pay attention to. So but, but bidding something right now, mm -hmm. what should we put into our bid yeah. for the fact that this is going to mm -hmm. be part of our lives for some time? Yeah. So in order to answer that question, I would start with best practices for documenting where we're at right now. So everybody has lost time. Everybody has lost productivity. Uh, this is, is likely going to be in the act of God category when we sort this whole thing out, uh, which typically means that you're entitled to more time, but not necessarily entitled to more money. Uh, so with that in mind, it's critically important that the time that we're losing right now, we document. We document 
people who aren't there. We document people who are there if we're short staffed or people are, are not uh, staffing our jobs to the level that we need them. We need to make sure that we're documenting all of the time that we're losing. And also we need to document if there's reduced, reduced productivity. Uh, so we need to take care that we're, we're measuring how much we're actually completing in a day. And then we also wanna document the amount of time that we're losing as it relates to extra checks, extra training, extra steps. We'll never be able to go back and document this stuff again if we don't capture it now. So something that, yeah, something we always advise to people all the time is whenever things get unusual, whenever things get a little contentious, even in normal business, whenever you feel like things are a little out of sync with how they normally should be or are, document everything. Mm -hmm. Because the amount of time it takes you to document that stuff is not going to make or break you. And you're never going to look back and say, I wish I hadn't written this all down. Mm -hmm. You can keep it simple. It doesn't have to be some really complex system. You can take 15 minutes every day and write down everything that you did differently, everything that you spent differently. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Later, you can piece that together. You're never going to be sorry that you did that. If you don't need it, that's great. Best case scenario. But you'll always be glad to have it later if you need it. So one of the practices that, that I use in bidding is anytime we have a situation where something is unknown, that's the fantastic place for an allowance. That's the place where we want to create a placeholder where we don't necessarily know what the risk is, but we want to limit our exposure to the risk by putting it in an allowance category so that if we need it, then we have access to it. So in this environment, it would be perfectly reasonable to add a COVID allowance for extra safety, for lower production, extra training, extra training, any of the check-in requirements, uh, any, any, it's, it would act as a contingency to protect against that risk. And I guarantee you, if, if uh, general contractors are hiring you, Jim, and you have a COVID placeholder for allowance, and uh, you have a relationship to know that there's no abuse going on there, then they will be perfectly accepting to see that. And again, best case scenario, if it's time for this job to roll forward and COVID-19 is a distant memory, mm -hmm. then great. Then you don't need that allowance and you move on without it. Mm -hmm. Got it. Uh, so does that answer the question, Jim? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I just uh, just wanted to kind of pick your brain about it a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to hear what other people have to say about some of the other topics I saw that might come up. That's great. Uh, so Josh... Uh, Grease, Greasy, did you have a question? Yeah, so I've heard from a couple of other uh, GCs about putting in claims, and and I normally that's a, like a, a bad word. Um, <laughs> and so when I'm just kind of wondering from this forum, it sounds like maybe generals are asking for subs to put in claims, yeah. and uh, and how how do we quantify? the extra costs um, yep. that we don't really know mm -hmm. much about and the extent of what they will be. Right so now. I, I want to go to Karen on this one in one second, but just prior to uh, we, I've had this conversation a dozen times in the last week and essentially what I would do if I'm, if I'm a contractor is that I would put together a notice letter uh, that is a formal notice of impact claim. I would uh, 
reference the specific contract, I would reference the specific COVID crisis. Uh, I would say we don't, we're not able to calculate at this point in time, but we're tracking what the impact is. Uh, please accept this as formal notice as required by the contract. One critical piece that I like to add. <laughs> There we go. Okay. Uh, one critical piece that I like to add to these notice letters is something along the lines of, please accept this as formal notice as required by the contract. Notify me immediately in the case that you need some additional, notif additional notification. Uh, and so then this puts them on notice and you want to make sure that you send that in the old fashioned USPS as well as email. Uh, and you want return receipt requested and certified mail. And that's kind of the, the batch response that I have. So Karen, what, uh, what would you add or change about that approach? Unmute Karen. Oh, Karen unmuted herself. Yeah. Yeah. I know nothing about employment contracts. You should be asking Terry or some of the other members of the legal action committee. I yeah. know I'm not smart on that. Got it. Fair. Yeah. So that's my approach and most mm -hmm. certainly run that, that letter that you put together by your attorney uh, to make sure that there's not something that you've missed. Mm -hmm. But it's critically important that you get the notice out. Many contracts have a 48 hour notice requirement so that if you receive an impact, you are required by your contract to no notify them within 48 hours of occurrence of the impact. Uh, depending on how that contract is written, which is kind of bonkers. So it's more important that that notice goes out, even if it's imperfect, uh, because it is, it, it is showing that you're trying your best to address the issue. And anytime that you send a notice letter out, I will always pick up the phone and talk to the customer and let them know that mm. it's coming. This is sort of like a pre-claim notice. I, I'm not trying to pick a fight with you, uh, but I do need to to protect the company, and I do need to notify you uh, that this is happening. And of course we're being impacted because yeah. everyone's being impacted. Something else that's important, a lot of you know us. Mm -hmm. If you don't know us, just to be perfectly clear about where things stand, uh, we work with construction companies all the time. We help them to navigate contracts, understand those rules, make sure that they're working within the rules of the game that they've agreed to, but we are not lawyers and we do not provide legal advice. Yeah. So uh, we are good at, at navigating that stuff and understanding that stuff, but think of us as your friend who's good at that stuff and not as the person who's gonna represent you in court. Right. So it's always important that we make sure when it's important, when it's high risk, that we run that by the people who really know that stuff. But we all also do keep you, uh, keep your need for, for attorneys lower because it helps prevent a lot of those things that are preventable. Uh, so do we have any, any GCs in the room who would be uh, happy to share what they're seeing as it relates to this topic? Yes, no? Quiet. Do we have GCs? Oh, I see Eric and Darren. Are you still with uh, GC? Muted. Yeah, well, he's not muted. He's muted down here. Oh, got it. Unmute. Hold on one second. <laughs> All right, Darren, Darren, try again. I, uh, yeah, we are a GC um, down in Tumwater, and we have a couple of projects which are deemed as essential services. We're, we're supporting the Coast Guard. Um, we're supporting the Navy. And, um, but I've been hearing through um, my previous employer that uh, the city actually came and shut down 
what was deemed as essential service uh, in support of uh, convenience center uh, or convenience station, but the project wasn't far enough along in, in the construction schedule and they were shut down today, uh, or effective the end of the day today. So I, I am seeing, you know, kind of a mix on um, whether it's really uh, essential or uh, to, to go along with uh, the order 202520 or, or whether um, it's being adjusted um, based on that new, um, the construction guidance memorandum. Mm -hmm. So who, uh, who was the entity that shut down the job? Uh, it was the city of Kent. City of Kent, got it. So just building inspectors? Yep. Yeah. Got it. Yep, that's correct. Mm -hmm. So quick side note, uh, in case anyone didn't notice it in chat, uh, Michelle is letting us know that the screening guidelines are in fact on the ABC resources page on the site, but it's under Washington Department of Health, not CDC. So you'll find it there. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah. Uh, so there was a, a topic that was brought up by, is it Aaron Dietrichs? Dietrichs? Um, and it had to do with business re-entry program. And so we're not going to go into depth about this today, but it was kind of an interesting uh, topic. So it's called business re-entry program. And essentially what it looks like is a uh, catastrophic response, a response to a catastrophe that basically disables infrastructure. This is something, this was pre-existing, this mm -hmm. program for any kind of generic big disaster. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe that the intent of that program was intended to address trying to restore uh, minimum levels of infrastructure and services. Uh, so it could be something that we we address more in the future. Hopefully not. Well, and the um, the we don't have a lot of great mm -hmm. information on it, but the little bit of information we have says that we are not act, acting under that program right now. That's mm -hmm. not that's not the case at this time, and it's not something we need to worry about just mm -hmm. yet. So, Aaron, did you have any specific question or or anything that you wanted to add on that topic briefly? I don't. Um, I I actually had the same conclusion that you guys had um, it, it, when we were told about that program um, it was that it was maybe applicable uh, but since then it has come out and been broadcasted that it is not applicable to this mm -hmm. situation um, and basically the reason that we had been notified about it is because we do respond to uh, national fiber optic carrier damages mm -hmm. um, and so it's something that if there is a cat catastrophe or something like that, um, we may be enlisted to help uh, restore those mm -hmm. infrastructures in an emergency situation. So, Got it. Uh, we, we posted an item on LinkedIn. This was a weird news story we saw the other day that the, the uh, postal carriers, USPS, have this mm -hmm. secret mission that basically they can be called upon to issue life-saving uh, uh, what is it? Life-saving uh, medical supplies mm -hmm. and medicines. They said that uh, there is a, a potential that uh, they could send postal workers out with vaccines mm -hmm. in a case like this if things got bad enough that that was required. That was really interesting. It was really Took me back to the Kevin Costner movie. <laughs> That's uh, like Jason's <laughs> favorite movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> uh, okay, um, so. Chris Kelly had a question that was related to very small businesses required to pay up to two weeks uh, 
of their people's highest wage rate, but not progressing on projects. Um, so we are going to talk more about cash flow and, and cash, I think, well, po potentially next week. Um, but Chris, were you here for, for kind of that initial piece where we're talking about the uh, community approach to smaller companies? You here, Chris? Yeah, I think he's been here, here since he the beginning. Had to unmute. Yeah, um, yes, I was. I was here earlier, and I and I I kind of understand. Um, is it the case that if if we're able to um, pay our employees for these two weeks, that we somehow put it through our payroll, and that's where we get our reimbursement? That's that's. I guess that's the way I understood it. So this was specifically back to the the HR issue as it relates to the uh, the. This is the, the, Act, the FMLA. Act. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was, so Karen was saying that you basically, however much you paid for this, you don't pay that for payroll taxes and that's how it gets balanced out. So it's kind of right. an offset. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I would make sure the number one question in my, in my mind is even if I can't afford to pay payroll, uh, if there's just not enough money there, then I would have some serious conversations with my team as a team to understand what does everybody need to stay alive? What does everybody need in order okay. to, you know, to so, be okay? So that wouldn't be out of line to do that, um, if, even if the law requires us to pay them? Well, no. so I can't speak to the legality of it. I mean, I think you absolutely would be not acting in accordance with that particular law. Um, but, but if you are unable to act in accordance with the law anyway, the approach that, that I would take is we need to take care of our people. We'll sort out what happened after the fact. Understood. But, but if people are hungry or people are sick, we need to make sure that everybody's okay as humans uh, before we even can address the, the law issue. Uh, okay, so I think those are the majority of the questions we had here. Uh, we know that, um, um, what, what other individual questions do we have that people are concerned about? Does someone have something that they want to, to flag? So Wendy, I have Carrie Cordes asking uh, if we could get a tax and payroll expert to talk about these options into one of these sessions. Do you have any thoughts about if we know anyone like that? We definitely know someone like that. ABC has plenty of industry professionals that are willing to help us out, so we can do that. So. It says ideally before April 1st, which uh, when's our next meeting? Isn't it in April? Like it's April 2nd is our next meeting. Yeah. So what do we think? How do we want to handle that? So Wendy, would we, yes. be, would we be able to uh, reconvene for uh, this specific issue? What earlier in so, the week instead yeah. of on Thursday? Mm-hmm. Would that yeah. make sense? Yeah. This 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 uh, format allows us to be very flexible with scheduling. So mm -hmm. definitely. Well, so what about Tuesday the thirty first? And then it's not much notice before the first, but it's at least the day before the first. Or or even Monday the thirtieth. Yep. Either of those. So Jason's asking if we could just move next next week's meeting up and have it Monday instead of Thursday. Yeah. Or have two next week. Yeah, I have two next week. I Either mean, way. 
I, I think that there's some wisdom well, in having one on Monday to specifically address, address those issues. Mm-hmm. So how about we put it this way, Wendy, uh, we will strategize with you about what works best and then get that out to everyone as quickly as we get it figured out. Mm-hmm. So we could, uh, Janessa, I don't know if we have the ability to throw that out in a poll, but just by show of yes or no, how many people would be interested in, in yeah. having an extra meeting by show of yes? Make sure if Monday. you're make sure if you're already on yes and your answer's not yes that you turn yeah. it off. It looks like overwhelming me though. We're up to 14, yeah. 15. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. It's uh, good stuff. And uh, no, nobody says no. Okay, great. I think uh, <laughs> it'd be pretty hard for people to say no. Don't do it. Well, but I mean, if they're like, no, I'm not going to be available. I no. guess. All right. <laughs> No, I'm not interested. No, yeah, forget I don't about care. It. I don't want to be yeah. there. Uh, what do we got here so is from it- Eric? Mm-hmm. So, Eric, what was your question? You want to share that? See, we're all going to be we're all going to be pros here in yep. a second. Let's. Uh, uh, you, there we go. There we go. There we go. Um, yeah. So, my question is: I know that we talked a lot about the uh, the family leave and the emergency sick leave. And as we were making sense of these uh, new laws in the last week or so, it was pretty clear that they applied specifically to uh, people who are uh, sick or directly affected by the disease. Um, But I read the the notice that needs to be posted. We sent that out to our employees today. And on that notice in the inclusions, it are those that are quarantined by local, state, or federal order. Mm-hmm. So I can interpret that to mean that you're quarantined because you're sick or diagnosed or is what we're going through right now with the uh, stay home order qualified because that would throw people into the leave category um, if that's the case. Well, so this says qualifying reasons for leave is subject to federal, state, or local quarantine has been advised by a healthcare provider to self-quarantine. So I think, I don't know that stay home mm. counts as a quarantine order. Yeah. So that was, that was just the, uh, uh, it was a little bit gray to me. I, I, that caught my eye this morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Karen, do you have two cents on that? My two cents is, is that it is a gray area. I am mm-hmm. thinking that it would not qualify for quarantine because in quarantine you're not even allowed to go out to the grocery store etc where stay at home you are yeah um but if you look at some of the other the four five and six the reasons for qualifying for the sick leave are other conditions that seem similar Mm -hmm. and you get the amount of sick leave that you get paid out for reasons one two and three is more than the reasons four five and six Mm-hmm. Uh, so if someone is using their sick leave, it will probably, uh, because we're at stay home and you can't telework may fit in loosely under the second, the second lump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I do want to thank you guys for talking about the human element of this before my whole office went remote. We sat in a huge circle. Uh, we are really, really busy, but like some of our clients might go out of business. It might mm-hmm. be, you know, difficult for Uh, you know, us to get paid. I mean, who knows what's going to happen, but we just talked as an office. I said, layoffs are the last thing I'm going to consider. We are going to consider 
you know, pay cuts across the board if we have to, that everyone takes a 20% cut in pay until mm-hmm. we get through this. Um, you know, if someone, someone wants to take a leave of absence because their spouse works in healthcare and is working mm-hmm. 70 hours a week, maybe they want to not work. Uh, so, you know, our team is important yeah. in the past and I want this team to be cohesive and my employees were so grateful and the loyalty and the cohesiveness of our office, having had that really human discussion, yeah. I think it's just going to mm-hmm. pay off for years to come and it not is. every, not every business can get there, but mm-hmm. I think the respectful discussion, even if layoffs or furlough or shared work or mm-hmm. some people are going to be on an, on unemployment on standby for a while, but our plan is to bring you back into the fold once that happens. Just really having that human conversation that we're all in this, these decisions affect people emotionally and their families. Yeah. Yep. I just think it's going to make a huge difference in how successful your business is one or two years from now on how you handle this. Right. Absolutely. So yeah. another thing I had read was BuzzFeed, which is big journalism uh, outfit. They, what they did is they took all other workers and put them into basically three classes based on how much they were getting paid. And the people who were getting paid the least took a 5% pay cut. Mm -hmm. The middle group took a 10% pay cut. The highest paid group took a 20% pay cut. And actually the owner of the company is not taking any salary until Mm -hmm. the pay cuts are over. So you can kind of think through this in ways that, that, Mm -hmm. uh, that are a little bit more agile than just a binary yes or no solution. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then what other questions do we have with respect to where we're at? So I think we, we addressed, did that address your question as well as we could, Eric? Feel okay about it? Um, so who else has a question? Anybody else? No? Lots of questions for Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it seems like like an hour is maybe good for these. Mm-hmm. So, Travis, anything that you would add to to wrap this up? Uh, let's see here. Well, I want to appreciate everybody's uh, time and, and joining us because uh, I think coming together as a group like this is is where the power, you know, is held. And we all might feel like we're well, we are isolated, and uh, we're in this thing by ourselves. So, just coming together in a in a virtual uh, way like this, I, we hope is very uh, beneficial for everyone. And some of the other things I just kind of keep in mind is, you know, we tend to get more time on our hands is, you know, this is a good time for, you know, clean up, catch up. You know, mm-hmm. We're always just running so fast that there's all these projects that we want to do or these things we want to improve, whether it's a, a website or if it's a process or procedure, maybe these are you know, when you got less distractions as far as email and phone, this is a good time to, to take a look at that. Yeah. Um, and then also about, you know, some what ifs, you know, have backup plans for, you know, contingencies for, because we are kind of shooting by the hip and we are, there is a lot of gray areas. So be thinking about some what ifs and make sure that, you know, if that comes about that you kind of have some means to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think over communicating with our team right now is, is a really good thing. Yeah. Because if, if you're feeling this way, probably your peers or the people you support are, you know, times that by 10. And uh, then last, I would just leave it with everybody. And I know I'm kind of going all over the place, but just, uh, these are just great things, I think, is that we're going to learn something from this experience. So yep. hopefully we can use it and apply it for the future. 
So a couple of cleanup items before we, we wrap up. So everyone just stick around for one second. Uh, I know that uh, we have our, our podcast that we have pushed out. We did one episode on this topic and we do have other episodes coming up that are related to, to this topic, whether we have the ability to go in a little bit more depth on some of these topics. Uh, and then we are going to be pushing remote training out. So we don't typically provide remote training, uh, but all of our working control and art of war, we're going to push out there so that we have the ability to uh, learn something while we're quarantined. Uh, and maybe we can have a little bit of fun while we do it. Um, we do have a quick poll that we want to put out. So next, sounds like next, next Monday. Well, so I think next Thursday. So I think yes. so, we know that Monday mm -hmm. we want to talk about the FFCA. Yes. So I'm going to push a little button here and hopefully everybody can see this. Uh, this is the question of next Thursday. What would you like to talk about uh, and, and focus on for that session? So we have challenges of working remotely where we'll talk about some of the nuances or details there. Uh, cash and keeping your doors open. So what are some best practices to make sure that we have the cash to, to stay alive? Evaluating labor need is related to uh, when to let people go and who are the critical people that we need to keep on hand. And if you have a different topic altogether that you wanna talk about, uh, you can click that other button and then just email Janessa at ABC Westwall. Or put it in the chat. Yeah, or put it in the chat and, and we'll assess that. Did we have any other last minute questions or comments? Any other cleanup we need to do here? So if you are interested in knowing more about us or our training or looking at our podcast, listening to our podcast, uh, you can find all of that on our website at www.arcadewayfinding.com. So we have 17 of 28. Are we, are we good to go with that number? Looks like everybody's in. Okay. All right, share results. So it looks like by just a little bit, the winner is cash flow and keeping your doors open. I prefer to start with that one before we talk about uh, mm -hmm. That's a good <laughs> cutting. One. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll keep that in mind when we go forward. Uh, so then I think we'll have the discussion, Wendy, about uh, reconvening on Monday at mm -hmm. one o'clock, same time. Yep. And we'll hopefully have someone available who can help us answer some of the, the uh, federal uh, employment questions. And then that way we're a little bit more prepared. And then this session is being recorded and uh, ABC members will be able to access it mm -hmm. later. Uh, and I'm sure that you'll be able to get more details from Wendy or anyone else on staff about when that comes up or where it comes up. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay, Travis. Also, uh, if Janessa, if we could see our partners again, our ABC mm -hmm. partners, yeah. and just take a minute to recognize these guys and that they have supported ABC, I guess we have supported ABC, um, that, that these are the partners who help make stuff like this possible. It gets blurry after a while. Do we have Janessa? Janessa? I think we may have lost Janessa. Uh -oh. <laughs> are, are, are we going to let Travis take us out of here? I, yeah. I was going to. I was just going to have that slide up on the screen while we while we did Will that. Will everyone be able to see Travis if that's up on the screen? <laughs> Only little Travis. Okay. Well, okay. Let's we'll, do it. There we go. Uh-oh. 
<laughs> there we go. There we go. Wow. Awesome. Thank there you, Janessa. It's going crazy. Okay, so uh, Janessa, if you would put the focus on Travis, we could wrap oh, this here, we up. We can do that. Oh, go right click. Go right click on screen. Oh, yeah. All right, so unshare again. Almost there, and, guys. Yeah, we'll get better at this. Don't worry. <laughs> and so, Travis, uh, if you would take us out when we get there, and then we just want to unmute everybody. There we go. So there's unmute all right here. There we go. All right, so we're good to go? Yeah, exactly. All, all right. right. Let's 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 play their position you know what i mean do it travis so everybody understands the uh, game of football okay, so and i guess hold on we're gonna do his so hold on hang on a second sorry okay we're gonna say ready and come together and break and we're just gonna break the virtual sound barrier you guys ready ready, ready. break hey. all right <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you all. See you all. all right, guys. Thank you. It's good to see you all. Take care. Bye-bye. Stay healthy.